Jerry needs a team leader. <laughs> I think it even fades out. Mm. Yeah. Could have put that to stereo. Could have. We'll fix it. Could have, but we didn't. So. Sorry. All right. Well, hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> it's August 31st, 2011. Hello. And this is the Skeptic Wire. Yay! I'm David Harcourt, joined as always by Gary Lawn. Beans again. Greg Perrine. Um, what? And Donna Swafford. Mmm, donuts. And this, and today we are also joined by some fine representatives of the San Antonio Skeptic community in a live Yay. show. Hello, everybody. Yay. <laughs> You're well trained. Thank you. <laughs> So uh, this is our first kind of experiment with a live audience, and um, I think it's going to be great. Okay, a couple things before we get started. So I haven't been feeling very well this week, so I went to the pharmacy to find something that would make me feel better, and I saw the H-E-B pharmacy actually had that. Uh, a, a, a silicone. That That stuff. So if, does, does everybody know what I'm talking about? Man, Okay. A silicocinum is a homeopathic remedy that has basically absolutely nothing in it. (laughs) (laughs) And so I took it to the pharmacy. Booing homeopathy. And um, I said, you know, look, let me show you the active ingredient here. And it's some long Latin phrase. I said, you know what that means? It's duck liver. Mm. And and not only is it duck liver, but it's so diluted, there's absolutely nothing in it. So she actually said, well, we're going to not recommend this. Still wow. on the show, shelves. But something that everybody can do is there is a lawsuit against the makers of this product right now. It is a complete sham, and it's in our local pharmacies, HEB. I think Walgreens has it. Um, look it up. A silicocinum, and um, we have a yes. Would, would you like to say something? I would. Hey, hello. Thank you. I can't speak uh, specifically to that homeopathic remedy, but I do have some personal experience with homeopathic remedies, and I'll agree with you that rationally, logically, skeptically, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. However, I uh, got a lot of benefit from it. And it wasn't something I'd ever actually heard of before. I'd had an auto accident, and I had hellacious headaches for weeks. And uh, I uh, had a homeopathic remedy, and it actually helped relieve my headaches. So I, I wouldn't uh, boo them. Sorry. Okay. okay. Well, uh, <laughs> well the, the weird thing about homeopathy in the United States, at least, is because it's so unregulated, oftentimes what is labeled as homeopathy, where homeopathy is basically one tiny little substance that's diluted past the point where there might be even one atom in a gallon of water. But in because it's unregulated in the United States, they can put actually active ingredients in it. So there may be in a cold remedy zinc or something, which is biologically yeah, it was active. Z- uh, was it Zycam? Zynex. Yeah. Zycam. Has yeah. zinc in it. It yeah. had so, zinc in it, and what happened is... They didn't have that on, on the uh, label. on the label because it, it's not necessary because it's a supplement. 
No, no. Yeah. Right, but the, but the danger is that people literally lost their sense of taste permanently because, because this it's other unre- remedy un, it's unregulated. So it's it's yeah. So Let's, just be aware. Yeah. So there could have been some actual actual like aspirin in there or something as actual painkillers. Yeah. Do you know what something. you took? Can you tell us what you took? Yeah. Basically, the, the we weren't going to talk about um, homeopathy, but basically homeopathy. Uh, relies on two things that don't work. One is the um, law of similars, right? Where if something, like like cures like, and if something gives you, if they can find something that gives you the same symptoms as the disease you're trying to treat, they say that will cure that disease, which is not medically plausible. Second of all, they dilute it to such an extent that 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 doesn't even exist in the pill anymore. Um, And with the theory that the more you delete that, the stronger it gets. Which again has no, yeah. and, and I understand. I understand. Um, there's there's a lot of ways that you can take something, and it makes you think that it makes you feel better, and it's something we have to be aware of because there's all sorts of. That's that's one of the main problems with um, pseudoscience and medicine, is that there's a lot of ways that you can think that something is making people better when it's actually not because people get better on their own. There's the placebo effect. There's, you know, there's all sorts of uh, psychological and, and, and medical factors involved. Anecdotally, you can find all sorts of anecdotes of people getting better when they've taken a medicine, but you don't know if you might have gotten better without the medicine. It may have been something else, maybe in the placebo effect. So, um, well, what what we're happy about is that you're feeling better now. Yeah, <laughs> just the important part. That's the important part. Okay, and we weren't going to talk about homeopathy, but um, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> We're experimenting. (laughs) Well, what does make me happy is my little brother, and I use that in quotes because he is a good foot taller than me. Um, He just finished his uh, uh, defending his uh, dissertation to get his doctorate in astrophysics. Sweet. Yay. Shout out to Dr. Perrine. Yay. Yay. Astrophysics. Wow. Yeah. My, so, so my. He really is a rocket scientist. He's the he's the really smart one in the family. Yeah. So I'm very proud of him and good on you, Randall. So, Thank you. So if if can he get Brian May's autograph for me? I don't know. Because I'll, I'll, he's, he's, he's the guitarist for Queen also has a doctorate. In well, he's, he does a lot more of the um, computer modeling, like the rings of Saturn. More and more accurate computer modeling well, of that I kind of stuff. He's hanging around the computer lab. Yeah, you it's know, possible. He's he's, he's modeling uh, the Milky Way, and at the same yeah. time, he's got Pro Tools going on in the background. Maybe he's met Phil Plate, um, Pamela Gay, and other <laughs> in other ways. Yeah, I don't but know. We don't really care about them. We care about the guy from Queen. Yeah. Okay. Well, congratulations no to my brother. Congratulations. 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 I'll try to get you signatures later. You know, I don't want to talk about the crazy stuff people say every time there's a natural disaster, but this particular one, Hurricane Irene, is particularly interesting, I think, with Michelle Bachman's comments. Who wants to discuss that? Was that who has a stomach for this? Uh, Not me. I just well, <laughs> I, I posted this because I found it very difficult to – there's a there's a thing called a Poe. We have a, a thing called Poe's Corner where the the idea is a, a fundamentalist. You can't tell a, 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 set, a satirical fundamentalist from an actual fundamentalist comment because without a wink or a nod. And Michelle Bachman, as we know, is a fundamentalist, um, and she said that the Hurricane Irene was a uh, uh, a message from a message, God. A message from God. Uh, not only that, but also the the earthquake, earthquake 
telling them that we need to cut the budget. Now, how you she got that from natural disaster having to cut the budget, I'm not really certain. But kind then, of message. But then they Especially went back, and her her uh, handlers said that, oh no no, she's joking. Yeah. And, and which is better? <laughs> so now then I got confused, and then she said, oh no no, I have a really really good sense of humor. Which I really didn't laugh when she said that you know it was because of God that yeah. the earthquake and the hurricane happened. And and then we had other people saying that it was because they passed gay marriage in New York. So I don't know who's right. And then you had so, fundamentalist Christians who were saying it's because we're tolerant of different people. Then you had fundamentalist Islam uh, Muslims saying it's because we're tolerant of other people. Yeah. But it's kind of canceling each other out in kind of a weird way. Yeah. But so, I think the message... No one from her camp did, no. I, I think the message that from a, a devastating hurricane cut the budget by having to spend all this money on disaster relief is not a real clear message. How do we know the message wasn't to raise the budget? Well, right? that makes Past sense. Just it, it put us more sure. in debt. Raise so. taxes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, we talked about Warren Jeffs on this show a few weeks ago. Um, yeah. What's the update, Greg? Well, a uh, quick update that uh, Warren Jeffs, leader of the fundamentalist Latter-day Saints um, sect that um, took root down here in Texas, a couple weeks ago he was convicted of um, sexual assault, I think is what the sexual charge. Sexual assault of a minor. Of a minor um, because he of his. He was given a 99-year sentence. Yeah, two different sentences for two different minors. child brides. Yeah, and um, so we have two different updates on that. One is that he wasn't the only one convicted. He was just the latest one. Um, one of the first people to be from that group to be convicted was Michael Emack, who's just one of the other followers who was convicted because he had he basically had a 16-year-old child bride. Hold on. 16-year-old <laughs> child bride. <laughs> Thank you. Um, he appealed to um, challenge the fact that the raid that came into the um, YFZ ranch in West Texas was an illegal search. This is something we had talked about when we originally right. talked about Jeff's, that it was this weird call that came in to a, um, a, a rape hotline or abuse hotline. And so there was some weirdness, weirdness about the actual search of the ranch. So this, this first guy, Michael, was challenging that, and the challenge was den denied by a three-judge pa three panel. So oh. we were talking earlier about maybe Jeffs might try to appeal and get it overturned on that. We have a little precedence here saying, nope, it was a valid search. Even if the original call was not good, there was, there was enough cost. just cause in seeing pregnant 15-, 14-, 13-year-olds that – it, it, it was a good reason to search. Um, but now on to Warren Jiffs himself, um, the leader of the FLDS church, who – I'm not entirely sure what the circumstances was, were, but he – when he first went in, he decided to start on a hunger strike and then kind of gave up the hunger strike, and he's been in isolation in a cell on his own for 20, 22 hours a day, just let out for a shower and some exercise – and um, he was brought to a hospital. There were reports he was going to be – he was in a coma. He wasn't going to live very long. But uh, it looks like he's just 
you know exhausted exhausted malnutrition it's he was eating but just not a lot so it's it's like that Simpsons joke where um, Mr. Burns was brought to a ho- one hospital and pronounced dead, moved to another p- hospital and pronounced alive because it was a better hospital. So, um, so, for- so fortunately, as far as I'm concerned, he's going to spend a long, hard life in prison making up for his crime. Okay. Yeah, I didn't hear it as a hunger strike. Uh, the, fast. The, 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 he would right, yeah. fasting, meditating. It kind of started and as a hunger strike that wrong. turned into, oh, I'm just fasting. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I don't know where it was trying to lead from there. Okay, right. and we want to give another update on a story we did last week. Yes. We got a lot of updates. Sorry. Yes, we, did. <laughs> <laughs> um, we talked about a teacher in California who had a lawsuit brought against him for uh, denigrating creationism in his classroom, in his history classroom. And the judges ruled in his favor uh, because the full story finally came out on what happened. Um, The student apparently was not actually doing his homework, and he basically recorded the lectures, which is against uh, the school rules, um, and then he edited them to make it seem like the teacher was saying something he wasn't saying. And then it turned out uh, that we didn't even get the whole story then because the teacher wasn't allowed to talk about the story. This is a James Corp, Dr. James Corbett. And uh, the entire lawsuit eventually came down to a, a First Amendment right to, to, to speak. And, in an and academic yes. situation. In an academic situation. And he said that he called uh, creationism is superstitious nonsense. And that, that was a, what the, effectively the entire lawsuit eventually revolved around. So the judges say, okay, he's kind of wrong, but in an academic setting, he has that right. Now, now that it's been, they're out of the lawsuit phase, the teachers come out and said, okay, what happened was <laughs> I was asked by a student in that class to explain a judgment from a lawsuit about 10 years previously wherein a biology teacher was teaching creationism and not evolution. And so he explained about that lawsuit, and that's where that phrase came from because he called wow. it wow. <laughs> so superstitious nonsense. Went through this lecture and then edited out and ed- right. he, he, to make uh, it sound like this guy was disparaging religion. Right. And then sued. And then, and then sued. Now, the, the teacher sends out to the parents and to all the students that if they have a problem, please you know, come to me. We will resolve the problem. You're in an advanced ba- placement class, and my job is to make you think and to send you home so that you can have a discussion with your parents and, and your family. And so the kid actually never did that. He just went home edited it, and then did the lawsuit. So there was no even attempt to try and correct the situation. Didn't try to contact the principal or anything like that? No, they did not. So it was fairly disingenuous. And yeah, I didn't understand that lawsuit the way it was stated, so there had to have been something wrong. Right. Well, what, what happened was the, the lawyer for, the, for, the, for Jane, uh, Dr. Corbett said that um, uh, had him just uh, go have the judge uh, rule on the case rather than going to a jury trial. And when you do that, that means that you're not, that everything that's in the case goes immediately. So you, you don't get a chance to explain yourself. Whatever's in the case goes, and then the 
judge just rules on the law and not on the merits of the case. But he judged for the teacher. He judged for the teacher because there were. Even though the judge understood that the teacher was disparaging creationism in the classroom. Right. And it sort of came out, but he could only rule on the creation, the nonsense portion out of 24 other instances. And the flying spaghetti monster. And the flying, right. So, yay for that. That is an interesting case. We're going to have to, we're going to have to, I don't understand that case at all. It's an interesting, you know, you can't promote religion in the classroom, but can you disparage religion in the classroom? But actually what he was doing is talking about Aristotle logic and whether creationism follows a scientific. Right. Which goes back to the other case that he was actually talking about. Now, what's interesting about this case is there's another one in California about the Discovery Institute and a creationist science putting up a movie and then stating that the, at a museum of science. Museum is sponsoring it. Precisely. When they, all they did was rent out the hall. Right. And so that broke the contract. And so the science museum didn't want to show, they stopped the showing of the film and the Discovery Institute and the film company sued. So what's happening is we see this disingenuous attacks on, against science and reason. And, and they're not being honest. They're being completely sleazy. Yeah. And there's, they're completely lied about what the judge said. The judge did not say that the science institute was discriminating against them. Right. It all had to do with, they broke the contract. They tried to say that the science institute supported, you know, was sponsoring their event and they weren't. Correct. Yeah. Ridiculous. I think we're going to see a lot more of these and each time they do it, they learn a little bit more on how to make it appear as if they're okay. Well, you know, they've got a lot of, the creationist lobby has a lot of legal resources. That's primarily what they have. They don't have any science. You look at the Liberty Institute. They've been, they've been bringing up lawyers for the past decade on specifically to fight these fights. Right. And they're not being very clean about it. No. So, so we'll have the interesting future with intelligent design and evolution versus. It's an interesting battle. Donna, you're going to talk about Indiana. Yes. Indiana. My home, my hometown. Now we're moving into a long topic. If you thought those were long. Your home state. Your home state. My home. Indiana is a state. It's not really a town. It's my hometown. I've driven through Indiana a couple of times. I've heard of it. So what do they have to do in my hometown, Donna? Well, two teens were recently, let me get the whole story here. They were ordered by their school district to, they were barred from extracurricular activities, required to go to counseling and apologize to the district's all male coaches board for posting racy pictures on Facebook that were unaccessible to anybody but their friends. Just exactly how racy were these pictures? They were sucking on lollipops, lollipops that were phallic shaped. That's it. They were fully clothed, fully clothed. They were not nude. There was no, there was no evidence of pornography. There was no evidence of lewdness. But they were on the volleyball team. Just vaguely suggestive. Yes. That would be a very good way to put it. And so a parent printed them out and brought them to the school. A parent printed them out and said, look at what the volleyball team is doing. These two girls were then barred from extracurricular activities because it was, quote, dishonorable and the 
you know, brings the dishonor like, in the school, right? That's, right. Their, that's their contract, brings dishonor in the school. Right. Right? So they sued. The students. The students sued. Because they, they won. want their extracurricular. So they couldn't play volleyball, right? So they could not play volleyball. Okay. They sued. They won. Um, basically, the Ken Falk, who's the legal, legal director of ACLU's Indiana chapter, said that schools have – just because schools have access to information about student behavior outside of the classroom does not mean they have the authority to discipline that behavior. Well, this now, is the school is planning on appealing the decision. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, just basically saying that they do not agree with the judgment from the judge, even though yeah. there's a long speech about them going, oh, you know, it's a judge and it's honorable and everything else, but we don't agree with it, so we're planning to appeal. You know, there's been several of these cases when you get in these social networks. And there was another case we talked about where... James Buell. Jerry Buell. When, when it spills into the school environment, when they put, like, harassing another student, where do you draw the line? Because there was another case where people were kind of harassing another student on Facebook, and then that spilled over into the school, and, right. and people in the school were reading that and harassing that student. And they had actually had a legal case. Right. That was there. actually referenced to in this in this situation. Was it? That's a little yeah. bit, that's more black and white, where this situation yeah. was a lot more of a gray area. Well, that supposedly, even even this these pictures got spread around the volleyball team. From what I understand. So even that got a footprint into the school environment. So it's 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 not black and white. It's, it, we're going to have to well, realize the argument, this the, whole social network thing yeah, and schools. Yeah, the crux is, is what can an outside force discipline you for putting on a social network, especially if you have it set to a private setting where it's not viewable by the general like public. Like our top secret group. <laughs> like our top there was secret even, group. Right. Well, there was recently, even a password protection for these pictures. Right. Well, you couldn't see them members if you of didn't the have the password. So that's kind of the school right. environment. Right. So, but who knows? I mean, the flip side of this also is the Jerry Buell case in Florida, where a teacher puts on Facebook, says, gay people are disgusting. Yeah. When I saw the story about New York okaying same-sex unions came on, I almost threw up. People reported it. He was then relieved of his classroom duties. Well, yeah, but he was bringing those views into the classroom, I think. Well, it, it, here's the thing. At the first, it did not seem that way. He was a former um, teacher of the year, all of these things. You know, everybody and plenty in the atheist and the First Amendment communities really kind of got behind him saying, you know, look, this is a First Amendment issue. As yeah, time goes by, though, it turns out that he may have actually been bringing those views into the classroom because yeah. now it is found that the website for the school district has been scrubbed of his biography, which says, yeah. and let me yeah. find well, it, the quote. His yeah. biography actually said that he brings it into the class. Yes. Yeah. First and foremost, I am a man of God. I try to teach and lead my students as if Lake County Schools yeah. had hired Jesus Christ himself. Yeah. So, yeah, we know that's which wrong. Is, which is uh, fine if you're teaching Sunday school, <laughs> but if you're representing the government, you have to be neutral to religion. Yeah. It, but in, 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 the, the social network thing is just bringing up a whole new category of case law, right. especially in the schools where you have rules where you, the teachers can no longer friend their students and things like that. It's, it's a very tricky area. There's going to be a lot of lawsuits. It's going to be a continuing interesting area to look well, at. Well, I mean, it's changed from the time that, Greg, you and I and Gary were in school because I remember 
doing crap at school that, you know... But we didn't have instant cameras. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I we remember... We had to wait a week so they printed them up. We had to wait to make a mixtape about it and then... <laughs> I remember grabbing and, okay, stealing an outhouse and putting it in the middle of the high school parking lot yeah. with a sign that said, principal's office on it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dr. Sorensen, it was me. Yeah, there's such an overlap. I mean, students are friended with all the other students, and when you say, well, this is outside of the school environment, it really does intrude on the school. It's just an extension of the school environment. But there's something good to be said about having a way for the students to be able to contact a teacher, at least with an email address, to say, hey, I had a question about the homework, or, or parents getting in contact with the teacher. An email address is really... A, a really great tool. I know a friend, well, a friend of mine in New Jersey. That's, that's, not, friending them. that's not friending no. them on. A friend of mine in, in New Jersey. School districts have those things set up right now where you can, school districts, at least in San Antonio, have those type of things on the school website where mm-hmm. you can contact your teacher and do it in a safe way and not this social network. A friend of mine is a high school teacher in New Jersey, and he is friends with a lot of his students, yeah. and that is yeah. the best way to get in contact with yeah. him because when he's at home, he just wants to sit and play Farmville. Well, he's fine. he needs to find another way to do yeah, it. He, so he also you can't needs do to find here. better forms of entertainment. Well, it depends. <laughs> it, it, there are lots of different rules on whether or not you can um, friend your students on Facebook. It's There's not one standard, and that's also kind of bringing us into trouble. Okay, let's move on. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> um, Unresolved. <laughs> because, you know, we've talked about uh, vaccines and autism a few times, and uh, the reason we like to talk about it is such an interesting case of where you seem to have very good science on one side, and you have an entrenched group on another side that does not seem to accept that science. Penguins. And, uh, <laughs> no, and, not and, penguins. And it actually causes harm. So. <laughs> Um, vaccine safety is a very sensitive issue for a lot of people. Even if you're a bit skeptical, you have to wonder if those vaccines are, are harming your child, especially the number of vaccines that your children get. And, and it's known that some vaccines can harm certain individuals who have yes. uh, problems. My daughter, very, very specific problems. Yeah, my daughter has an issue with the pertussis vaccine, okay. as an yeah. example. Now, there was a major, major new study just released this week by the Institute of Medicine. The Institute of Medicine is an independent, uh, non-governmental group that is asked by the government to look into things in an independent way. And it is a very, very comprehensive report. And they looked at the MMR, that's the mumps, measles, rubella, chickenpox, influenza, hepatitis A, hepatitis B, human papillomavirus, uh, diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, and meningococcal. Okay. <laughs> so they, what they did is they, they spent a lot of time looking at all the medical reports of harm supposedly caused by these vaccines. So approximately a thousand studies. Yeah. They looked at studies. They looked at individual cases. Um, it was an extremely thorough review. And if you look at um, um, the, the headlines here, pretty much tell it all. Vaccine safety, this is from Time. New report finds few adverse events linked to immunizations. Vaccines cleared again as autism culprit. No vaccine and autism link found. Um, So it's been all over the news. Uh, And the first thing I thought about this is, well, this sounds really conclusive. Um, And the second thing I thought is, what is age of autism going to say? (laughs) 
<laughs> because Age of Autism is an entrenched lobby that is, is convinced that vaccines cause autism. I think pretty much my first reaction is what they were going to say was, la, 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 I can't hear you, la, 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 la. <laughs> I went to the Age of Autism <laughs> site. And that's, On the front page, it's a la, 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 la. <laughs> they, uh, um, they've got a 10-page report Screed. called Orwellian. It's called Orwellian because there, is, of course, is a media conspiracy I'm surprised um, they didn't bring the Nazis in there somewhere. Friends fall in line or the pages. Ministry of Truth will be in touch. An age of autism response to the Institute of Medicine. Uh, sorry, vaccines cause autism. The MMR causes autism. Ethyl mercury thimerosal causes autism. Welcome to the dustbin of history. That was the age of autism? That's age of autism. Yeah. And they, they kind of go on about um, some other, other studies that have – remember we talked about the geek study, okay, about how there's uh, more autism oh, among right. tech, tech communities. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, because people in the autism spectrum are kind of drawn toward more, more geeky technical jobs, and they have found spikes in, in technical uh, areas. Well, they kind of, you know, mock those studies. And, um, but there is an interesting thing they bring up, because there is also another very important study that came out within the next week. Because it, it's also, it actually is, and I'm going to have to reverse myself a little bit, because three or four weeks ago I said it looks like all the studies are pointing to a genetic cause of autism. I think, Gary, you kind of... a strong genetic influence. Gary, you were more about the womb and, and prenatal environments. Yeah. yeah. Um, the new study actually shows... It weakens the argument for a genetic cause of autism. There is a genetic cause of autism, but when, you, when you're comparing identical twins to fraternal twins, which in all other aspects have the same prenatal environment and early child environment, they expected, and early studies showed, that identical twins have a, like a 90% if, if one twin has it, the other, the other twin's going to have it. With fraternal twins, they saw almost no connection. Well, new studies have come out that really close that gap and that fraternal twins actually have about a 35% um, overlap and it lowers the identical twins to about 70%. So it really closes the gap on on uh, genetic causes. Pure opens up genetic. Pure genetic causes. Obviously, it shows a genetic cause, but opens up a lot more area for the for the uh, developmental prenatal environment to have uh, to influence who gets autism. Um, that's Wasn't a very there, haven't there also been some studies about um, second and third boys be, having more prevalence in, of autism? That's interesting because this, order. <laughs> the, being a third child. The, the story on twins that I saw some <laughs> conflicting information on that. The story on twins said that for siblings that are not twins have between about a nine and fourteen percent chance. Of both. Of, of having autism. But the new studies, actually, there's another new study that just came out that shows about a 25% chance on siblings, which kind of closes almost to the fraternal twins, mm -hmm. except now they're saying that maybe having twins is a risk factor in itself. So there's kind of conflicting studies. It's frustrating that we don't know more than we do about autism, and it kind of leaves this gray area that allows these pseudoscientific 
organizations that well, yeah, really rely. I mean, you can't cover everything in this couple. Of, that's what science does. It finds out where they need to work, and then it goes towards the work. So, of course, there's going to be small gaps in, in our knowledge as we work towards filling them. Yeah. But now age of autism, of course, when they say, okay, it's not genetic, that opens the door to their propaganda about vaccines. Well, yeah, okay. And um, so, so they're taking the idea that it's not as genetic to meaning it's not genetic at all. They're taking this no, one little well, like reduction of, well, genetic is less of a thing, but it's still important, and they're mistranslating it as no genetic cause whatsoever. Well, not necessarily, but it, but it is, you know, the studies that are, the scientific studies. Um, I mean, I meant age of autism is spinning. Right, well, yeah. it leaves the door open for them to do that. To, because, okay, what are, it leaves the door open. What are the other causes? Is it prenatal or is it early environment? Is it vaccines? Now, most scientists are saying it's prenatal. Okay? But it does open the door and say, hey, it's not genetic. You don't know what else it is. And, and, and there's, there's it's, two it's major the, it's autistic... It's the autism of the gaps theory. Autism well, my the point gaps. was that a lot of these studies are showing that there is, if, if not 100% genetic, a strong genetic component. It seems like the age of autism, people are ignoring that completely. I, I don't think so. I think they're filling what the gaps with vaccines. That would be there, saying that there's no genetic con- um, component at all to saying it's all the vaccines, and that's ignoring the studies. I saying, think they're saying the remainder is vaccines. Okay. Same, same thing. And Agree the other, to disagree. The other thing that happened is, now there is a very good autism organization called Autism Speaks, and they put out a <laughs> statement about this um, scientific study, and what they said is um, um, the report is consistent with Autism Speaks policy statement on vaccines. Given the present state of the science, the proven benefits of vaccine, vaccinating a child to protect them against serious diseases outweigh the hypothesized risk that vaccinations might cause autism. Um, Now, uh, Dan Olstead with Age of Autism brutally attacked them for this statement. He calls them the man's favorite autism org, hogging the spotlight while doing nothing useful and letting the epidemic roll on. It is a leech upon the autism community, sucking resources and walketh-on energy away from cast-strapped families stroking to cope. If there was any value in this awareness campaign, it has been achieved. They have no apparent reason for being. Uh, It's delaying progress, diverting attention from the truth, and he says, bureaucracies don't have a harder soul. They have no survival instinct, blah, blah, blah. I'll agree with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, it's interesting to see these autism organizations go at each other. Age of autism is when you read their arguments for whether vaccines cause autism, it's very anecdotal. They're saying, forget the science. You, you talk to this mother who swears that vaccines cause her child's, you know, Deformities, and you tell her she's she's wrong or she's lying. Um, they're not very scientifically minded, and and, and I think that's. We have a, yes. We have a comment, sir. We have a comment from the audience, David. Let me make a comment about the Indiana thing. Yes. Sure. Oh, sure. You have to wonder about the people who make a a fuss over the depiction of ersatz fellatio, don't you? <laughs> as far as uh, autism. When we were young, when I was young, we were all inoculated 
But autism was never a problem, as I recall. So what's happened along the way? It, it's well, become the better argument diagnosed. from Age of Autism is, is that the amount of vaccines has increased exponentially over the years. Okay. And that this that it's not necessarily the vaccine itself. It's an additive that was that has been discontinued, thimerosal, which is a mercury-based additive preservative, in addition to the amount. Because children now get how I'm... A whole bunch. Yeah. <laughs> A whole bunch. But unfortunately, okay. to contradict that, in once they started taking out those preservatives, the thimerosal, autism rates continued to stay up. So saying that it's the preservative is what the pseudoscientific people are claiming is, is it, it hasn't been shown to be true. Gary? You know, can I... I want to answer his yes. question. <laughs> okay, you, you asked, why did you not see autism back then as opposed to now? Mm -hmm. Well, it's diagnosis. It's understood what it is uh, now as, as a de developmental disorder. And it's become, it's now a spectrum that's getting, uh, it's easier to see, it's easier to tell people, you know, you're a high functional, low functional. They've and better so and earlier diagnosed. Right. They've better so, and earlier diagnosed. We were autistic, steps. but it was accepted as normal. Yes. Well, it wasn't well, not necessarily normal because but, I mean. It, but nobody recognizes it as being anything unusual. Yeah. And right. then there was, and then as as we've progressed in knowledge about autism, we've actually expanded our range. Now we talk about a whole spectrum of disorders, of, of disorders that we call autism, and a lot of, and I'm not even sure there has been any increase in autism. There may have been, but there, there was an increase look, when they uh, expanded the definition. When they right, expanded the definition. Right, to include Asperger's syndrome. Right, and Asperger's is a big one because you had a lot of very smart people who were just jerks and they couldn't get along with people. Um, well, those people are often considered autistic now. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I, I, think there's, <clears throat> I think there's another problem here. Uh, when we were young, we, we had sandlots, and we, among ourselves, like, boys playing ball, we used to resolve conflicts among ourselves. We would have a fist fight, then we'd make up, then we'd be playing games together. But that doesn't happen anymore. And I think that, that repression involved in that is causing autism. I, 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 I think it's causing uh, larger social problems amongst uh, people, not necessarily autism so much that the kids don't know how to resolve their own conflicts. I, I agree completely with you that we're not allowing a lot of children to to, re to figure it out themselves, you which is how you get into society. You send them off Saturday morning to the fields of play, yeah. <laughs> and they resolve conflict among themselves, right. and and you, and you mind your own business, keep adults out of it, and that makes it much much better for the kids. Right, where we have one thing where we have kids not learning the social skills of interacting. Right. But here we have this subsection over here of people right. who are unable to learn how to interact with people right. because they have this condition. Right. So what was just kind of, oh, he just can't figure it out some tens of years ago was, oh, he actually has a, an issue, a chemical imbalance. Oh, okay. I, you know, it's not just the kids being difficult. Yeah. So it's kind of like ADHD hyperactivity disorder, yeah. where you know you used to have Dennis the menace. Well, maybe he just had ADHD and he wasn't a menace. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's no. There could be. There could have been a rise in autism, but based it's on really our based on our fuzzy knowledge of who is autistic and who is not, 
and the expansion of the definition is very hard to even tell if there has been any real increase in autism. But I think a big factor in this is when children are not allowed to resolve conflict among themselves, when the boys are having a, and girls too are having a fight before they play baseball together and are friends again, yeah. when, when that, when that uh, is expunged from their lives, I think that's a large cause of it. Yeah, well, there's, there's not a cure for autism. There may be, they may find methods of coping through what you're talking about, but it is a brain disease and it's a real medical condition. And like you said, more social interaction, sure. Uh, they might find ways to cope with that mental uh, problem, but it is a permanent mental, mental condition. Well, that's all I have to say. Yeah. Thanks, David. Yeah, appreciate your input. And our next topic. Actually, our next oh, topic is say. a break. The red light is on. Yay. Boo. Yay. Yay. Greg, can you tell us about a right to die case? Yes. Um, in, um, You've got to fight. I'm sorry, what? For, For your, your right, right to, to die. die. <laughs> okay. Apparently I not a Beastie Boys fan. <laughs> I'm, I'm noticing that our, our little polite, oh, look, we have guests. That's gone now. I, I'm, not going, I'm not attacking them or killing them. I didn't say that. I left all of my knives at home. I can make you, you left all your wives at home? That, too. That's why it made me very upset when you were talking about Jeff's. That's confusing. Okay, okay Greg, so um, <laughs> we've had a few stories about the right to die. Um, yes. Because... We talked about Dr. Uh, Kevorkian, who passed away a month or a couple months ago. And it's a humanist issue that I think yep. we're all interested in. So. Um, in Albuquerque. <laughs> Albuquerque, um, New Mexico, Armand and Dorothy uh, Rudolph were a couple who had lived there for about 60 years. And um, both of them had taken care of their own parents when they were um, getting older, and they they basically had decided that they really didn't, if they ever started to really go downhill, they were going to find some reasonable legal way to end their lives. And um, after a long time, they ended up at a assisted living facility called Village of Alameda, and they had, you know, um, let's see, uh, Mr. Rudolph started getting uh, suffering from spinal stenosis, and uh, Mrs. Rudolph was becoming immobile and started showing signs of early dementia. So what they were they started to do was, was to set in motion a plan to um, to basically die by stopping eating and drinking. And I had no idea that that's actually a legal way in most places to. Hasten your death I on your either. own recognizance. Self euthanasia. So they, you know, they talked with their doctors. They talked with um, definitely their family, maybe some therapists. I'm not sure, but they did talk with therapists as well. Yeah, they they went over all the options, and uh, when they started to have these issues, they said, "Okay, we're going to stop eating and um, just let ourselves pass away because we've lived a full life and we're ready." And we're okay with this. We're not depressed. It's just time. So they stopped eating. And then the um, the assisted f living facility tried to evict them. 
they tried to kick them out, and then the, the, the children said, no, you have to give us 30 days notice. 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 <laughs> and then um, the administrators of the living, uh, assisted living facility called 911 and brought the paramedics and the fire department. And the, the, you know, they were perfectly reasonable. Their children were there. Uh, the children called the press and said, what are you doing? This is an end-of-life issue that we've made this decision. Um, there was this whole thing where the paramedics didn't know what to do, so they had to call the on-call doctor and bring him in. And, you know, they signed away the waiver saying, we don't want to be transported. We're fine. We're refusing medical care. And it's a perfectly legal thing to do. Um, so it brought up a lot of right-to-die issues. Um, for, as far as I'm concerned, this is my personal opinion, um, this story has a happy ending in that they were able to, uh, the, the children of the Rudolphs um, took them out of the facility just to avoid any um, controversy, um, rented a home in Albuquerque, and um, they continued to not eat and not drink. And after about 10 days, um, Mr. Rudolph passed away, and the next day his wife passed away. Mm-hmm. So they were able to control the end of their life. They were surrounded by friends and family. Um, and I think that's a, a good, dignified way to die. Um, it's, it seems like, I mean, I, we, we talked earlier about more of the assisted suicide, the Dr. Kevorkian machine with the drip and the whole thing. That's more of an issue. That's... You know, only Oregon, Washington, kind of Montana have that legal in the states where you can have a doctor-assisted suicide. And Vermont and Massachusetts and maybe New Hampshire, I'm not sure, are, are considering putting that on the ballot. But voluntarily not stopping to eat and drink, I think it's really unfortunate that's the only way people can do it. But it's a choice they make. It sounds difficult, doesn't it? It <laughs> so does. Yeah, but if you're largely <laughs> immobile... Yeah. It's yeah. actually, if we think about it, if you're immobile, it's not that difficult. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, we talk about life and death, you know, right to die issues. And this, I think, this this assisted care facility was worried about the legal issues. Exactly. And worried right. about and being they sued. They, you know, we, there's there's those folks and not sure about the law, which needs to be clarified and, and needs to make sure they need to be ironclad that they have no liability in that situation. This well, doesn't involve the kind of people out there saying, no, you know, suicide is a sin, and we, we sh- shouldn't allow this, this kind of thing. So, But it that was wasn't... clarified. The New Mexico Uniform Health Care Decisions Act spells it out. Yeah. That is the health care facilities issue. But the, inter- the intern at the home may just not have known, and that's unfortunate. Yeah, well, I... Fortunately, ignorance is no defense. Yeah. Well, uh, would we be best if there was some kind of form like a do not resuscitate form to say, you know, we have gone through these procedures, got it signed it off by a couple of doctors, we are in our right minds. If we decide to stop eating and drinking, you will not, you know, intervene. We, you know, that should be a form that can be filled out. Yeah, they have it should be difficult documents. to fill out so you don't have yeah. some spoiled kid trying to kill their parents which is what the slippery slope argument always happens with, but it should be an option. People should know about it. Every care facility should have contingencies for this to happen. They should have policies in place. That that wasn't clear in the article on whether they had spoken with the place that they were staying about what they had had planned to do. Had they – if they had something on file with their uh, their home 
and then the home interfered with that, yeah. I think that would be very If bad. they had gone to them and said, but it this is the that, law, that, this is what we're choosing to do, it's okay, you'll be fine, no liability. Yes, but they, the, the article didn't say anything about they, – they said they, they talked with their family, they talked with the lawyers, they talked yeah. with their – you yeah. know, they got the – they went to the, the a therapist, uh, the psychologist. <laughs> You're right, and, they, but they did, your they, home. they didn't talk with, you yeah. know, yeah. the guys where they're effectively uh, – We have an audience member. Yes, Sandy. Come sit. Come sit at the microphone, please. The audience can't hear you all, all the way over there. Sorry. They the can't hear your home. dulcet tones. Was this considered suicide? You Technically, yes. it is. Because well, I have such yeah. a, though I hate people that when you made such a nice point, and I might be getting off of it. That's okay. Do, I have only heard that it is so painful to die from not eating or drinking. Why didn't they just take pain pills? Sleeping pills. Please. I, I, the this problem with that, yeah, that's your, exactly what I, I, I agree with you completely. Kids do that? This report exactly. actually said that it was not a bad way to die. Yeah. So some it is drink. very yeah. painful. Right? Very painful. Well, once, no, it's the standard rule of three. Three, three minutes without air, three days without water. Um, it took them three weeks. Without three food. weeks without food. Standard rule of three. Is and they're pizza. old and invalid. It took them about ten days. So I think they didn't do both. Well, I, I, that's just what I've heard. I'm just saying I wonder what point they were trying to make and have their children go through that. Well, or, I think the point well, was that it was the only legal option available. Sleeping to them. pills. Yeah. The, the problem with pills. Yes. What, <laughs> the problem with pills and anything like that is anybody who prescribed the pill. Is would be in trouble for an assisted suicide. And that's where, unfortunately, as far as I'm concerned, the legal problem if, happens. If they didn't already have the prescription, if they already had a prescription for pills, yes, I, then there would be no liability. Someone in my life very close to me when I was a child had a medication for a bad back. And okay. there, there <laughs> was a counterindication for a lethal dosage and... He took that lethal dosage. So you can work with what you already have, yeah. but maybe they right. didn't. And if they right. were mobile, they didn't have that they option. They probably didn't, right. And so the doctor would have known that that was for end of life. And that's where the problem That's where the problem is, where right. unfortunately, as far as I'm concerned, my personal opinion, assisted suicide would be where the matter of bringing in pills or a drip or whatever well, would be involved. They can go to the pharmacist and get sleeping pills and do it themselves. Where's the assist? If because they didn't, if they didn't, we, we actually, we, we were just talking about that. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's okay. Away. Well, it's, it's, it's more like if they were prescription things. I mean, I guess if you take 500 over the counter whatever's, well, we it's probably going to be bad to It's no different from, from Kevorkian then, where they could where hire Kevorkian, his stuff, and uh, Dr. Kevorkian would supply all the materials. And then they would do it themselves. That would, that's no different than them uh, getting the sleeping. Well, if the state looks at it as suicide. Yes. Right. If they're going to, if they quit eating and drinking, and that is considered suicide, then it, it would, I would. All I'm saying is, do it a little bit easier and go to it's, Walgreens and get some sleeping. I'm going to have to look into this because now I've, you know, I've seen two now very different views about how difficult it is <laughs> to cure yourself by stopping well, but if, eating. If because you this story, the Shiavo case. So this was actually yeah, well, an easy way to Shiavo, actually die was a different story because no, 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 no. she was down to the basest of brain functions. No, she no, 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 but, but 
The point is it's a horrible way to die, and that's why when they removed the life support from her, if she had to starve to death, everyone was saying it was a horrible way to die. Whereas this article and the people saying it's not as bad as all that. Maybe there's a way to do it that is not so bad. Right. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the answer is. It's unfortunately turned into a gray area where it may be not as bad as as painful as shooting yourself in the head suicide, but it's still really bad. You get, you know, pains and cramps. You feel like you have to eat, and it, it's right. horrible. Where if someone was able to get a medication approved by doctors where they've talked and interviewed and gone past a few hoops, unfortunately that's what it has to be, They should. They sh- someone, in my opinion, should be able to end their life on their terms painlessly. And I agree that if it it may not be as painful as some other methods of suicide, but it's it but it's can't not, yeah. be a great way to go. Yeah. And um you know, I I know if I was in a horrible state, I would want to have that control over my life and or or like Terry Pratchett who right. knows something's coming and right. he's yeah. you know looking at his options or like Dumbledore okay, okay. <laughs> he know he, he knew he was going to die and he controlled oh sorry spoiler spoiler alert um <laughs> he knew he was going to die so he decided to control his own fate oh that's true yeah so, okay. so that Draco Malfoy would not be stained with you know, yeah, a death on okay. his conscience. We've, we've this is an this important... <laughs> it's important, but we've talked enough about this. Okay. We have some... Exactly. We have some science Poor news. Snape. Some, some not... Some unhappy some science unhappy news. Some unhappy science news. About and some interesting science Station. news. Yes, um, as we know, the shuttle program is now dead. And they've just delivered the, the shuttle to... Exactly. Uh, and that's causing some problems with the International Space Station, which is having some pretty cool science going on on the station, and some not-so-cool science, but for them overall, some pretty cool science. Um, and the only way we can get up there now is currently is via the Russians using their Soyuz capsule. Unfortunately, last week, uh, one of the delivery uh, shot, um, rockets uh, blew up. Which is the no, same? It, it didn't blow up. Oh, so it failed. Yeah, the, 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 the third the third stage failed. Had an unanticipated it, course correction. Right, and they don't. <laughs> <laughs> in, right in, into the wilderness, they don't know why, and so now moving people up and down from the International Space Station is on hold indefinitely until they figure out why this has happened. Which goes, if, I'm really upset because we have in the United States. This big gap now on moving science forward and just the the ability to uh, have enthusiasm about science uh, through the space program uh, in in the schools by showing some really cool experiments happening. Uh, it's, we're, we're putting a big damper on on having kids want to go into science and engineering because we, we've stopped it. It's we, not we just the, the so, science and inspiration so, of the science. It's the inspiration of the person going out to the frontier and being that Davy Crockett kind of right. hero. So what's going to happen to the people on the space station now? Well, they're going to have to get them home. There, there are six <laughs> people there currently, and they were supposed trips, to bring right? three people up there in September, and three of those people who are already up there, basically there are two Soyuz capsules up there attached to the space station for emergency evacuation. Which I wouldn't want to get on. 
Well, no, the capsule's not the problem. It's the rocket. Yeah. It's okay. the rocket getting up there. So there are two capsules that three of them can go into. <laughs> so, you know, in a month or so, three of them would have to leave yeah. because their rotation is up. And also the capsules themselves have a lifespan. Yeah. And then later in this year, if we don't get more people up there, the remaining three would have to come down, and we'd have to hopefully control yeah. the space yeah, right. station. Which We're going to have to abandon which, the space which, station. Which they can for, for an uh, indefinite uh, yeah. amount of time. But it's kind of like once you've done that, why, yeah. you know, it, at least the way I'm seeing it with the current political situation, because it's all about politics right now, uh, why go back? It's, eh, we're done. Eh, let's let somebody else, let China go up there. Or... Or perhaps this uh, uh, now if space Doesn't actually China get their have stuff, a rocket, rocket uh, they use? do. Uh, they they've actually sent some people into space. Uh, I don't know if they can get up to the to the. Uh, it's got to be compatible with the space station it docking. W- well, it, w- it would have to be. Yeah. 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 Duct tape. Yeah. Plastic bags. It'll work. We so, have some duct tape here. We could loan it to them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it takes me back to the conversation. You know, everyone was talking about what will happen when the, the shuttle is gone and. Oh, we got to depend on the Russians, and we depend on the Russians. And um, I, I always thought the no week problem. before we're going to send gonna three people problem. up, it's like, oh, and wait now, a minute, it's not working. Now <laughs> it's like, uh, we told you, can't depend on the Russians. Yeah, right. They don't know what they're doing. Their rockets are blowing up, and now we have and to they abandon <laughs> the space station. Right. It's very unfortunate. Yeah, and and I, I didn't know from before I read some of these articles that we had the one very splashy rocket that went up and came straight back down, but the week or so before, there was a rocket just to, supposed to uh, launch a satellite, not supplies for the space station, that blew up just on the launch pad. And it's the oh. 60s-era rocket that right. they're still using, it will which is older than this freaking space shuttle <laughs> that we're not doing anymore. <laughs> so um, right, but, something but is old, not old, right that there. That old technology, as we were always told, you know, just works. Yeah. And now we're it's showing that... Which is why we kind of why we why we we retire. Why that's a hard phrase to say. Why we we retired the shuttle (laughs) uh, is because it is old technology, and uh, it's starting to have problems. You know, getting cracks and just getting it's getting old. And since we didn't build any more shuttles, it's you know it's what thirty years old. Well, we rebuilt the shuttle every single time we brought it back down. Not completely. No. Almost entirely. Uh, they took off all the tiles. They took uh, everything out, rebuilt it, and put it back together again. That's why it did, was so expensive to redo it, and it wasn't an actual shuttle going back up and forth. Okay. Okay. Well, I, just, I just have okay, to agree I did not with know that, the idea of how this is going to affect the future generations. When I grew up, there was a woman from our hometown who was one of the first four females to go up in the shuttle. Uh-huh. Bonnie J- Bonnie J. Dunbar, I actually still remember her name, she came and spoke at my elementary school and said, you know, really encouraged, especially young girls, get into science, go into engineering. You, too, can do this. Who's going to be that influence now? Not me. I just play with cameras and dead bodies. (laughs) (laughs) And now we don't even have... Star Trek or Stargate or anything like that to inspire kids. No, oh, we're gonna, even we got that all on sorts TV. of stuff coming up. We got fantastic stuff, space program coming up. I'm not worried about that. Yeah, but the Green Lantern doesn't count. <laughs> not worried about it. Plenty to be inspired about. I am. 
But yeah. we got another three or four years before Juno gets out to Jupiter, New Horizons get out to Pluto. That's right. Yeah. And hopefully we need... they'll get the, the Webb Space Telescope. Yeah, okay. Everybody go out, Google James Webb Space Telescope. Oh, it's right. a telescope that we're a little over budget on, but it would, it's the it's replacement. It's done. It's the replacement for the Hubble. They're, I think yeah, they found some money for that. Well, Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, yeah. it's budget on that so part, yeah. It's, it's, it's a political snag. Yes, it's, it's, all, it's all political. I heard they found some money for the web. There's still they're, some yeah, they're, Well, they're, they're doing yeah. a lot of trade-offs, so they, something's yeah. going to take longer. They searched underneath the couch cushion, cushions. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to that one. Okay. Right. And done with space? Done with yeah, the maybe. Station? Yeah. Okay. I Hopefully guess. we're not because done with space. I'm, this is what I've been waiting for all evening. Yes, we all know you've been waiting for it. Let's get to it. Because this is my favorite part of the show. Because we have a new member of the San Antonio chapter of the Holistic Chamber of Commerce. Yay, Holistic Yay. Chamber of Commerce. <clears throat> Next Generation Water. Yay. What? Change your water, change your life. <laughs> David, do you want to explain to the live studio audience what the Holistic Chamber of Commerce is? Sure. <laughs> the Holistic Chamber of Commerce has been around for about as long as this podcast has been around. <laughs> and We did not start it, however. <laughs> and um, so they're always getting new members. And the, the Chamber of Commerce, the Holistic Chamber of Commerce, promotes holistic, alternative, integrative, all those. Cam. Cam. Crystals, um, dolphins. Businesses. And we Ooh, actually have exactly. a, a plenty of woo in San Antonio. And they're getting new members just about every week. Yay. And um, So what we I, do is we just talk about them and ridicule, ridicule them. Yeah. If they deserve it, they're there. So I look, at, you know, I look for ridicule. new members every week, and usually there's one. In fact, there was actually three this week, but um, I have chosen one to highlight. We admire your restraint, David. <laughs> and, um, Listen, next week when he just goes all out. <laughs> no, it's um, fine. This is a business called Next Generation Water. And, um, Do they wear the spandex suits with the little uh, communicator on their no, chest? No, I have a picture of the nice young couple, and they do not wear any spandex. Um, Damn. That worked well that on the podcast. Easy. This is a business. Um, <laughs> the founders are Beverly and Dirk uh, Davidic. Excuse we'll me, away. I apologize if I mispronounced yeah, it. That's close enough. Um, and they have uh, joined the multi-level marketing of Kenjin Water. Um, Multi-level marketing, first of all, is a red Kangen, flag. Kangen. Kangen water. Kangen. Let's say Kangen. We'll call it, yeah, it sounds like a hard G. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> now, um, Kangen water, I, I, I'll bet at least half of our audience has heard of Kangen water. I've gotten notices on my door. I haven't it heard of it. It is a huge, huge multi-level marketing opportunity. Really? Yes. I'm all about What it. is the difference between regular water and Kangen water. Okay. Kangen water, Kangen creates this device that you can filter your tap water through, and it makes that water alkaline and ionized. Okay? Supposedly, it also changes the, the clusters of water to hexagonal microclusters so they can enter your cells better than regular water. Really? Yes. Hexagonal, hexagonal water clusters. Hexagonal microclusters of water. Now, 
This is a we have enough trouble organizing carbon into like carbon nanotubes, and that's the really really smart people. They yeah. think this little two dollar device is going. Oh, to... Oh, it's not two dollars. No, fifty dollar device. No, it's a four thousand dollar device. Four thousand dollars. It is a four thousand dollar device. It's reminding me a lot of those uh, divining rods that they gave to the Iraqi soldiers to try to find bombs. Yes. Yeah. Now, first of all, it's it would be a surprise to chemists to learn that water molecules cluster <laughs> in any shape or pattern. It'd be a surprise to me that scientists cluster. Um, it is also a surprise to learn that alkaline water gives you any health benefits at all. Now, I, I kind of thought the point of water was the fact that it was, you know, neutral. neutral. In fact, <laughs> that is by true. the time water gets out of your stomach, it is neutral. If you have alkaline water, your stomach increases the acid. If you have acidic water, so it increases water, the acid. It so just you can... decreases the acid. By the time it leaves your stomach, it is neutral. Um, so it's and... Rolaids water. <laughs> now, um, I did watch a 20-minute video promoting wow. Kangen water. You're a braver with man Pat than I. Boone as their uh, celebrity endorser. Who did was he, it? Did he end with "You light up my life"? Oh, no, wait, that was no Pat Boone's job was to introduce and then to stand there with his arms crossed for the whole demonstration looking bored. Um, <laughs> and they had a lot of he nice tricks. The check. Hey, He's he got, done. Yeah, he they have a lot of nice tricks. And you can imagine the salesman coming to your home, and they've got all the pH um, balance uh, chemicals there. And they have all these different bottled waters. And you can see how all the pH is messed up in all these bottled waters when the Kenyan water is, is has this low low acidic value, and they, they talk about your body like it's a swimming pool, and you just put this low acidic water in your body. So it's and like it just chlorine. lowers the acidity Chain in the body. Use a little litmus test and papers. That and that leads to in changing your life. And How does really, it change? Well, you know, let's talk about Beverly and, uh, and Dirks and how this, is this starting water to sound like the changed secret. their life. Okay. Because they they were skeptical at first. Of, of course. course they were. Everybody's always skeptical <laughs> at first. But they were open-minded. But they went to this impressive sales demonstration. And they were so open-minded, their brains fell out. And they bought an enigmatic SD501. I think it's working for them. Which put them back about $4,000. Yes. But it was the best decision they ever made. Not maybe having kids. I think that might be a really good decision for a couple to make. It's worked for me. Now, of course, but when you're in a multi-level marketing, couple. when you buy something for your home, <laughs> you're really not buying it for your home. You're buying it because other people are going to come drink the water, and you can hope that they will buy the machine for their home so other people will drink the water and buy the machine for their home. Because really, no one, you're not spending $4,000 on a machine. You're hoping that you're going to get into this huge pyramid where there's thousands of people under you. Here, join me in selling this Kegel water. Kegel water. Wow. I want wine. Exactly. Why are you giving me this water? Give me your wine. No, have some water. I don't want. Exactly. But let me tell you how it changed their lives. That will change your pH. Okay. Did, drinking, did I say something wrong earlier? I think you said Kegel water. <laughs> some after, people pay extra for that. After drinking the King of Water for a few weeks, Beverly noticed that some amazing things were happening. Digestive problems that had plagued her for over a decade had disappeared. 
Severe neck and shoulder pain and muscle spasms were gone. Frequent debilitating foot cramps. I hate foot cramps. Yeah, it's usually caused by not drinking enough water. (laughs) Became non-existent. That's a good diagnosis. Her mood had improved, and I'm sure Dirk was happy about that. She was no longer <laughs> she no longer couple. felt tired all the time. Within three months, she noticed that her feminine problems were a thing of the past, so and all, she no longer suffered from migraines. Yeah, all and of this all of this sounds really good to me. Yeah, it sounds like she hydrated. If it's if someone if you bought if you spend four thousand dollars on a water filtration system. You're probably going to drink more water than say you're going to drink pop, soda, coffee. <laughs> That's true. Whiskey. This is true. <laughs> so you're going to feel better. Right. We, we don't. We don't know what they were doing before they got the water. But once what, we got the water. But psychologically, sure you're probably going to say, you know what? Water. I bought this big ass thing. I'm going to drink its damn water, and you're going to feel better. You know that is that this is, is an actual dissonance. causation. That is cognitive dissonance. If you spend a lot of money on something, on something, yeah. you are going to make damn sure that that is the best thing you ever did in your life <laughs> and, and convince yourself of that. But this is not all. But wait, there's more. <laughs> what seems to have been particularly been noticeable to those around her is her skin looks softer and younger, Ooh. and her hair looks thicker and shinier. Thickier? Thicker. S- stickier? <laughs> now, her hair looks Whoa. thicker this time. Her it's husband... Her husband I think she's using it wrong if it's stickier. Dirk, Dirk notices these things, so he starts drinking the water. Right. Finally. Because he's a skeptic. Yeah, he, he started skeptic. looking like Mr. Atlas with the big bulging muscles. And, and his chronic heartburn went away. Now, that's actually one thing. Because he's drinking water. That's actually one thing that alkaline water will help you with. Okay. Is, is chronic heartburn. He no longer has to, take, has to take Tums. That's probably true. Alkaline, you mean like Alka-Seltzer? But, you know, Tums magnesia? works. You know, you don't need to spend $4,000. But... His toenail fungus went away. No. <laughs> Anybody else still hungry? No? Oh, I, yeah, don't eat on the next section. Just give a yeah, heads up on that yeah, one. Yeah, you're, <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, you're... Yeah, yeah. Anyway, go so, ahead. <laughs> there's, there is, there's a lot of uh, good websites out here debunking um, alkaline water. There's really absolutely nothing to... The health benefits of alkaline water about microclustering of water molecules. We've seen this in another no, water. The, the, their science is pretty much bunk. Bunk. There's, there was another totally different mechanism that I saw in a water advertisement in my house of making those molecules small enough to get into your cells because regular water obviously is small enough to is get into the cells. Small enough to hydrate you. Well, then how are we alive in the first place? It's a good question. How are cavemen alive if we couldn't get water into our cells without a $4,000 Something device? about that intelligent design because they weren't fix our cells to the right, to natural, you know, water. They also do aqua massage. So that is a Ooh. very expensive piece of equipment that these people bought. I like the sound and of aqua massage. That is a dry. I had one in Vegas. I had a shower dry head like that. water massage. It's a big machine. It looks like a tanning bed. Looks like an iron lung, but you and can it, see through yeah, it. Yeah, and it shoots water jets. It actually sounds nice. You know, that's an old person I've... joke. I apologize for that one. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have iron lungs anymore. So, because of vaccines. Yay, vaccines. Yay. So, um. Beverly and Dirk uh, Davidic and Next Generation Water, you are the next, the newest member of the Holistic Chamber of Commerce. Welcome, Welcome to San Antonio. Aw. Okay, fine. <laughs> change your water, Yay! change your life. 
<laughs> and I think we have a break scheduled at this really? time. Yay! It's time for the lightning round. Yay! Lightning round. Now, during the lightning round, um, we all put up a lot of topics that we want to talk about during the week, and we don't have a lot of time, but we do want to hit on as many topics as we can. So we have a section where we have 90 seconds to talk about our favorite topics. And that is the lightning round. And I think each of us is going to talk about two topics today. Right. Okay. And at the end of the 90 seconds, they hear, come on. There we go. Sometimes um, that's not quite enough time, so we get an extra 30 seconds if we ask nicely. Each person gets one 30-second mulligan per show. Okay. And if I'm going to need I'm gonna If need they one choose to use it. Ever. Only one. Ever. Okay. So I'm going to start off today on the lightning round. Um, there's been some real seem nervous scientists at the Large Hedron Collider because, you know, for about since the 60s, we've been talking about the, not we, but scientists have been talking about the Higgs boson uh, particle that they are sure exists in order to um, complete the standard model of physics. Basically, from the 70s, standard model of physics, uh, the Higgs boson was an essential element. Um, it's only in the past couple of years that we finally developed the instrumentation, this huge, large hedron collider, in order to detect this particle. And basically, this multi-billion-dollar machine uh, was sold uh, as as we're going to find the Higgs. Um, we've been searching for about a year at the high energy levels, and there was a astounding announcement that they cannot find it and that uh, there's about a 95% certainty that it does not exist at the energy levels that they've been looking at. They can't find it where they looked for it. <laughs> yeah, which is where they... Uh, they haven't looked under the sofa yet. to find it. Now, don't panic, okay? Because... <laughs> Um, there is, you know, there are some theories that say it is going to exist. In fact, supersymmetry theory says it will exist at lower energies, we, we, which, you know, we should have been able to find it before. But they're going to look at lower energies. I'm going to request a mulligan on this <laughs> right now. I tell you right now. I need well, keep minute. going. Okay. So <laughs> there are some theories that say it exists at lower energies. There are some theories that say it does not exist at all. Which is pretty radical, but it may actually be true. But it's, it's, it's very interesting because this is something that we've been talking about for literally 40 years. Literally is a crucial part of our understanding of physics and how basically the weak and the strong uh, nuclear forces, the electromagnetic force, basically broke symmetry. S symmetry. Is that that's the end of my that's 90 seconds, correct? No, that's Are you your kidding me? Two minutes. Okay. All right. We okay, can talk look, about it at the end. Look, look, see? I got you. We can chat okay. some more later. Yay. Am I up? What's that? I'm sorry. Gary. Yes, Gary. Okay. Let's hear about vitamins. As it turns out, uh, there was a study done in the U.K. and in, where was it, Thailand? Yeah, we'll just say it was in Thailand. Whatever. Taiwan. Taiwan. Uh, and in the, uh, the Guardian, Ben Goldacre from the Guardian wrote ben this Goldacre. up. Turns out uh, people who take vitamins are more uh, averse to take, or more likely to take risky behavior, health behavior. I have no idea what I'm saying, do I? If so they people, take a people vitamin, people who <laughs> take vitamins are more likely to, say, have a cigarette because they think they've done something good and now they can do something bad. It's like eating a salad and then saying, I can have that ice cream cone. Or ordering a big-ass hamburger and having a Diet Coke with it. 
or ordering a Diet Coke and then having a big-ass hand. Yeah, sure, whatever. And these negative <laughs> things, they do actually overcome any benefits they might get from the vitamin That's true. They, they take, the behavior they do is tends to be worse than the good behavior that they were going for. Uh, and they, they started with some students who were smokers, and they gave them placebo pills. They, gave, uh, they broke them up into two. One thought that they were taking vitamins. The other thought that they were taking placebo pills. They were all taking placebo pills. And the people who thought they were taking vitamins actually had like a 65% worse rate of, of uh, doing bad things. What do you call this effect? Uh, There's the a name place. for it. The invulnerability. No. There's know. a name for this effect. We'll talk about it later. I'm not going to mulligan this one. Okay. Google it. <laughs> Google is your friend. The licensing effect. Licensing. You, okay. you feel you've done something good and you have license to do something bad. There you go. That's and, your 90 seconds, and, and Gary. The, the negative this is why it is so difficult to do this. Uh, that any yeah, hush. Hush. No more. I, Tim. Yes. <laughs> Think about that, how that applies to David. You. Donna. David. Donna's Alvinia. turn. <laughs> Yes, uh, Solomon Hassan out of um, Columbia University is the lead author in a study that is saying that El Nino might actually be a factor in conflicts. What he's saying is, is that El Nino, which refers to the irregular warming of the surface of the Pacific near the equator, near the equatorial, equatorial, near the equator, meningococcal meningitis. <laughs> That this warming, uh, which usually, uh, you, I mean, it's seen about every three or four years, that it's actually affecting these poorer nations as they go into conflict. Now, he's not saying that it's a causal relationship. He makes that very clear in the article on MSNBC. You can all look it up. Um, There's a weak correlation. A weak correlation, but not a causal correlation yeah. at this particular moment. That's all he all really the, said. Yeah. He really but didn't actually can, say anything. We can, actually, we can actually think of some of the causal things. I mean, you get El Nino you know, when you get disruptions and you get drought, and that causes right. the, the, the peasants and the poor to kind of not Revolt. only be uncomfortable because it's hot, but also to have some disruptions in their crops and things like that can cause, you know. And, of course, that has implications for global climate change and whether that might cause additional conflict in the world, correct? Yes. Okay. There you go. Right. Apparently he read the article better than I did. So. <laughs> so I guess you're not taking a mulligan, Donna. No. All right. I'm not taking a mulligan on this one. All right. Okay, Greg. Um, let's see. Um, Mariah uh, Hornbacher is an author who um, basically was a drunk. And she's also an atheist and was trying to figure out a way to sober up. Now, you know, the typical thing is you walk into an AA meeting and you say they, see they have the 12 steps up there. Well, six of the 12 steps talk about God or a higher powder, power, not powder, powder. Uh, or yeah. him. So she was really worried about going into AA because the fact is that even though AA can sometimes seem like a very weird kind of culty group where they've got their slogans, they got their chants, whatever – but there has been some success with AA. There are a lot of people who do find help with it. So she was saying that, you know, she was worried about going into this, this situation, but she went into it with the idea of, well, my, you know, what, what did she say? It, that uh, her higher power was she believed in math, chaos, and infinity. And when someone was particularly religious, they would look at her like, come on, really? And they would say, so you think the biggest, most important thing in the universe is you? And she said, no, on the contrary, I think I'm the smallest 
thing in the universe. Cosmically speaking, I barely exist. So she's uh, writing a book about this experience called Waiting, a Non-Believer's Higher Power. Uh, I know a lot of people who are in NA or NA who may be a little wooey, but... um, they get a lot of good out of it, and I'm, I'm curious to read this book. Hey, he needs to drop the religion. I mean, the first step saying that there's you cannot solve your own problems, it sounds like Rick Perry. I don't think you're getting the concept of the lightning round this week. <laughs> Mulligan. It's you my topic. <laughs> Believe you me, I'm taking my mulligan on my second topic Atheist because and I got a rant we, building up. We have this argument Every single week. <laughs> you know, I was in the, that forum on Atheist Nexus about AA. Should an atheist go to AA? I, hey, I actually put it there as no. Don't. It can be Okay, done, someone, it worked yeah. for someone. Yeah. I'm, there, there I'm so, okay. David, I'm no longer a drunk. you're going to talk to us about uh, domestic partnerships here in San Antonio. I and saw this in 90 seconds I saw less. this today. Oh, this is easy. This is a quick one. I saw this today. But this Sorry, is cool. No, no. It's if fine. anybody saw the San Antonio Express news today, there's a wonderful picture of this woman. Let me tell you the situation. The city wants to give benefits to domestic partners. Our city, San Antonio, isn't that great? A Texas, a Texas. Yay, fine. Yay. And um, the religious leaders of the city were out in force downtown today or yesterday protesting. Well, and not all of them, but some of, them, but a lot of them. If it was a lot in of them. Paper, it was in. It probably happened yesterday. A lot of them worried about God's punishment on our fine city. And um, well, like the heat wave isn't enough. <laughs> there was there was this wonderful moment that they captured on. Um, a, a nice picture where uh, a young lesbian woman walked up to this. There was a there was a, there was a Christian radio a guy there taking notes of all the discussion, and she confronted him and says, "You don't think I have rights?" And they had they kind of got into it, and and he says, uh, "Your lifestyle, your lifestyle." And she goes, "It's not my lifestyle. It's who I am." And they had this wonderful discussion, and she grabbed the notes out of his hand. And there's this wonderful picture on, in the paper Her of plan. him. He's got one arm, and with her other hand, she's stuffing <laughs> his notes in her mouth and trying to run off <laughs> to eat her notes. And it's wonderful. I think it's a, it's a, it's a great picture of, of San Antonio and our, our wonderful diversity and our, our liberal and our Christian um, you know, conflicts in this city. It was wonderful. So I just wanted to bring that up and say kudos kudos to that young lesbian woman who who told the Christian crowd something. All right, that was minute 39, but okay. okay. <laughs> and who's next? Gary. Gary. I am. He's going to tell us about a children's diet. A book. lovely a lovely book has been or is going to be released called Maggie Goes on a Diet. And it is a uh, self-published children's book about a 14-year-old transforming from being extremely overweight and insecure to a normal-sized girl who becomes the school soccer star. Um, hasn't been released yet, but, you know, uh, like, like the article says, and this is actually a parenting magazine, uh, you can judge the book by its cover. Uh, the cover has an overweight uh, pippy. A pippy long stocking looking uh, girl uh, looking into a mirror and uh, the real world sh- uh, she's she's heavy and she has this little pink slim dress held up in front of her and in the mirror she's thin and can actually fit into this lovely little dress and so they're saying that now this book is supposed to be aimed at four to eight year olds or is supposed to be appropriate to four to eight year olds and they're saying to go on a diet it's like 
it, that's just the wrong way to go about losing weight. It needs a lifestyle change, uh, as you know, better nutrition, more exercise, and not dieting because dieting is a uh, four-letter word. A four thank you very much. Well, I feel seven, but <laughs> but diet is a four-letter word. Uh, you know, when I hit ten seconds, I just can't think. I'm so, going to reserve judgment until I read this book. Um, no, but don't put the kid on a diet. Right. Change their nutrition. Very nice. Okay. And me without kids. <laughs> <laughs> Donna, you're going to tell us about... What are you going to tell us about Donna? More... Uh, you know what? I got more, more social... More courtroom drama and more social media. Apparently, a Texas juror trying to get out of jury duty... He was and, on a jury. Right. But he <laughs> attempted to get off of the jury by... Friending the defendant on Facebook. Oh, that was his purpose? You know, I was called for jury duty today, uh, this week. Wasn't called, but I well, didn't Well, there you go. That. You should have gotten on Facebook and, 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 and tried to friend him. You would have gotten wow. out of it. Wow. Because you know, um, he only gives experience. information to those people who know him. We didn't give, get any information about who was on trial. The, That's, hey, would you let her talk? Okay. <laughs> yeah, see, this happens every week. Let Donna uh, talk. The guy pled guilty to four counts of contempt. He's been ordered to serve two days in jail okay. for community, of community service. Okay. Um, Texas has also recently added specific language to jury instructions that bans jurors from discussing the case on Facebook. Yeah. Really, I, 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 it yeah. bothers me that we have to add that specific language. Yeah, I went through those jury instructions. By the way, David, the, the trial was about a car wreck. Yeah, really. Yeah, it's... It wasn't yeah. a big thing, yeah. 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 So Someone they proceeded. They proceeded with eleven jurors instead of twelve, because it was a small yeah. case that just kept going. They didn't have alternates. Oh, so she was actually chosen for jury. Right. Yes. She, she was, was in there. Chosen for jury. Got the attempted name. Attempted to thing. friend the guy and was thrown off it the was, jury pool and had to do community right. service. I was called for jury duty this week, and it was funny because there's a lot of things they talk about about excuses to get off jury duty. And what will work and what won't. They didn't talk about that. I guess they will now. <laughs> and um, to finish off the lightning round. Ooh. Yeah. Again, um, yeah, prepare yourselves. Hold on. Yeah. Prepare Relax. yourselves. Steal your stomachs if you're a little bit queasy. I was reading this today at my desk at work, and I was alternatively trying to not to vomit and trying not to scream out with rage. Yeah, well, I... It I'm, seems I'm, that there's been a trend lately of... Um, women, mothers, after they give birth, eating their placentas <laughs> after mm. their child. Is it child with fava beans and a nice Chianti? Um, <laughs> yeah, um, no, actually. Um, we have people like, um, what is her name? Jennifer Mayer, in, who's a professional placenta preparer. <laughs> this is a woman in New York who basically made it she went to college and decided, you know what? I'm going to throw out all that knowledge. I'm going to prepare placentas for mothers. And what she does is she takes the placentas back to, say, her apartment or brings her equipment to the pe the person's kitchen, kitchen, to prepare <laughs> their placentas. She will divide the placenta in half, take one placenta, part of the placenta, <laughs> and the, get away from saying it, and will. We'll prepare one part raw and then take the other side and um, let's see. Oh, shoot. I don't have it all. Um, we'll basically 
prepare one, the other side, we'll boil it with garlic and uh, coriander and stuff like that. She'll dehydrate your, your placenta, ground it down, and put it into pill form. Pill form? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's weird enough someone talking about placenta, but the, the, they, the people who are espousing this, uh, you know, talk about, well, it's, I'm taking a major ass mulligan on this, so <laughs> <laughs> just, just let me rant because the, they're talking about the constant, you know, the health benefits of the iron and the hormones and stuff like, not like you can't get B12 from a freaking vitamin. You have to chow down on a placenta. But what really pissed me off was Tell us, this woman, Jennifer Moyer, Mayer, during this interview, just the, the, the bollocks that was coming out of her mouth every other paragraph. The freshest placenta I've ever worked with, she says. <laughs> what? Mayer speaks about the organ and tones most women preserve for their newborns, calling it perfect, beautiful, precious. <laughs> Um, they're happy pills, Mayer says. They're made by your body, for your body. Why wouldn't you want to try it? Let's see. What else? Um, it, by the way, this is the, makes good, this whole movement person. is called placentophagia. Eating your placenta. Placentophagia. It's, um, all right, I, I what do we got? I can um, see that on the storefront. We, we also have um, Alexa Beckham, who's, who has... Yeah. <laughs> Alexa Beckham of Ruby Tree Birth. She says, "When I was pregnant, I just craved organs." Oh. She was a <laughs> She was a I'm thinking that's not yes. the organ she craved. I she was a, she was a one-time oh. vegan and raw food, foodist who now eats grass-fed and organic meat. I'll go to a diner and I'll order beef hearts, marrow. So the placenta, it just made sense. After I gave birth, I threw a chunk of placenta into the Vitamix and coconut water and banana, she adds. It gave me the wildest <laughs> rush. You know that feeling of drinking green juice on an empty stomach? It's like that, what? but more intense. Green it's juice? It's definitely physical. We, we, we're we going to see here in a couple of years right? as having like a, a, you know, a Jeffrey Dahmer kind of refrigerator thing going on. You know, yeah. that's creepy. That she, she, this, this woman, Meyer, <laughs> takes the, before she cuts the placenta in half, she'll take it and put, create its impression on like wax paper so they can frame the impression of the placenta. And she describes the, shape, sh, the size and shape of them. They say they really vary. Some are really intense with grief or sadness or what? uncertainty. Oh my God. Uncertain placentas? <laughs> that was How does an placenta be uncertain? That was the unexpected. She child. described this one in the article. It was particularly joyful. It's big and round and so fresh. What? what are these people doing? I don't know, but but they remind me of of the plaster sisters from rock and roll era, the era who used to go around taking plaster cast uh, uh, plaster casters yeah. of um, a famous rock star's uh, so, genitalia. Yes. Oh. Hey, you know something? <laughs> all, all, all I'm saying is this. She is how the picks up the placenta, stands wow. over the sink, and squeezes the excess blood into a container. Oh, okay. She pats it dry and starts peeling <laughs> away with a tough white membrane with a knife. Hey, Get him off. I object. I, I try to send positive energy when I'm making I medicine. I think you're. I think of seconds. peace. I think of promise. I end yeah. recovery. I think you've I hold used the up intention your of integrating the. Energy of the mother and the 
Done. Baby. Done. Done. Remove I... it. Remove it. No, no. Remove the these, paper from his hand. These people are insane. <laughs> no, no. I must rant about these evil. You know, one one thing I. Why? One thing I read about. One thing I read about the placentas is. One of the one of the justifications is all mammals eat their placenta. And, yes, but we and, have and, vitamins and, and steak. I don't and know. Possible thumbs. I, I don't know. You know, I can understand the kind of. Anyway, She's stupid. Look, one of the things. Okay, so why do animals? Why do mammals eat their? Placenta? They don't know. Well, one of the theories is they want to get rid of the evidence that there are young animals, yep. and that not for the nutrients, not because it's essential to to repairing a, a female after birth, but they want to remove the evidence of, of, of birth from yeah. predators. Okay, I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, it, but now if somebody wants to eat the placenta, of because it's I've natural, been, fine we have that. to do it. If someone wants to eat the placenta, no one's getting harmed. Um, yeah, and, and that's no what problem. they said about the Donner Party before, you know, the big incident. Uh, <laughs> but it is, yeah, interesting. I'm, I'm not as angry as you. <laughs> on, the, on the other hand, you but didn't read as much as he did. I didn't, and I don't. Re- I didn't read the part about people making money off of this, and yeah, and you know, not just one people, person, a yeah. whole industry. An industry. But, okay. yeah. I'm just speaking it's in over. tongues. I'm so it's angry. Over. Calm down. Happy place. Here. Happy place. I'm going to go have grab a, some chocolate. Have a drink. <laughs> we have some pepperoni pizza left over. I don't drink, David. <laughs> okay. And that ends the lightning round. Yay! And, um, and actually, we, were, we, we kind of thought <laughs> we would end this on some general question and answer. If anybody has a question that, or something or they want to discuss. Or question, comment, or story. Or and booze. Or, as they say in some other podcasts, it could also be called equipment. Well, we do, Ashley. Yep. Yeah, come on up to the mic. Please feel free to come up to the mic so we... Yay! Yay. David, welcome, David. We got Uh, too many Davids. Tell the thing with the moon, my Vaughn Monroe. (laughs) Okay, tell the difference between the two of you. One of you is going to have to grow a beard. Oh, that's right. That's a different Monroe. Uh, He has a mustache. That's right. I said a beard. It's still there. Yes. A mustache is above him. No, no, wait. It crawled all over to him. Okay. It moved over. <laughs> David, uh, number two, what's your question? I, wa- I just wanted to say that same-sex marriage has been around forever and that bisexuals have been marrying bisexuals. Bisexual is a legitimate biological term. Homosexuality, heterosexuality are political terms. We uh, lambast homosexuals. But they're they're just bisexuals like us. They have uh, they have a bias towards uh, a, a different slant. They have a different slant than us. A pretty big bias, but yeah. But but <laughs> but we're all bisexuals. And if you accept that terminology, then you you won't be prejudiced against homosexuals anymore because they don't exist. And uh, uh, we we have two natural conditions of birth, which is bisexuality, and we're agnostics. And the first hour, uh, first hour of our life is the happiest we will ever have, because <laughs> then the whole system descends on us. With uh, we become Republican, Democrat, we become Methodist, Catholic. Uh, we we belong to the Moose. We belong to the uh, different social clubs. Coke, Pepsi, dogs and cats living yes. together, mass hysteria. And if your your parents are, are, are dreading that you might be, if you're a male, you might be a homosexual, a woman, you might be a lesbian. But it doesn't really matter because you're just bisexual anyway. 
So those terms are not legitimate. I only see one small problem with your argument actually convincing anybody else is that you're using logic. And in talking to someone who has these ideologies, they won't use logic. They just have their book or their prior belief, and they won't unfortunately listen to someone reasoning saying, well, you know, there's a lot of bisexuality in nature, a lot of, you know, gay behavior, straight behavior. Okay. I sort of disagree. Yeah. Because I think you do have homosexuals, people who are attracted to the same sex, just as there are heterosexuals. Like, I'm not attracted to guys at all. Now, you could say it's like an autism spectrum. If you two guys spent 10 years on a desert island, you would get with it. All right, we're going to start. There's not enough brain bleach to get that image. Okay, we're going to start a collection. We're going to pass the hat to send David and Gary to a desert island. That's different than being necessarily attracted to just for, you know, sexual frustration. It isn't necessarily being attracted. No, your inhibitions will be alleviated. That's why you do it. I think homosexuality and bisexuality are legitimate categories of people. And, in fact, this woman here, I said she was a lesbian. Honestly, I don't know if she's a lesbian or bisexual. She self-identified as a lesbian. But what's a lesbian? Someone who identifies that they... All females are attracted to each other one time or another. All males are attracted to other males one time or another. But we do have video proof of that. But we deny it. Where are you going with this, Gary? I don't know about that. Oh, I just want to add one more thing. This is a family show, Gary. Because I can learn something here. Good. Yeah, the other groups Good. I don't learn to. Yeah, I, uh, what, what do you think? I, I, I'm not, about the I, bisexual, homosexual thing? Yeah, I think I think, I think we're legitimate uh, terms. I, I, you know, I, I, we I love don't, our, I we don't love agree our terms. with your assessment we that love we're all terms. bisexual. Yeah. I, I, no, I, I don't have agree with that. I with lesbians, homosexual, bisexual, or anything. Uh, I mean, they're, they're just, they're an identification of, That's of because which way. You are there well, also. I, I agree with David number two that there is a spectrum and there is, uh, there are a lot of people who lump to one end of the spectrum in our cultures right. of right. Per, per, um, preferring one, and it seems there's a lot of biolo- biology to that, which has made sense. But there's a lot, there's a large continuum of some people would never think they would ever be attracted to another male as a male. Yes, and, and then those they that have are a, most virulently opposing that idea are most often the frequent. Then they have a sex. Then they have a sex okay. dream about Harrison okay. Ford, and they think, uh, "Oh, okay." Well, it sounds if, like if we're if we're going down this. Anybody else? No, nobody path, else. Okay. I would actually draw. I would drop the the bi from that and just say we're all sexual beings. No, we're all bisexual beings. Well, no, because if you're a sexual being, it doesn't matter, and then it's just a spectrum. Okay. Can you Wendy, tell me Wendy, again, David? <laughs> now that's semant- yeah, that's just semantics. Yeah, so, yeah, no, right. Can you? It's a very semantic uh, argument. argument. David, I think we're I think we're all pretty. Much yeah, the same. yeah we're, we're just talking it's terms semantic. now. To me, it's semantics. It's the semantics. It's yeah. I don't know. Is, you, the way life works out is, is people are on a spectrum of, of how they play out their whatever Let, sexual feelings. So, but I, I, I like the way you think. I, I, I think if people looked at it that way, then it, then it does remove a lot of prejudice. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think you can also be prejudiced and recognize those as labels. And, and there's, there is a false, you know, there is, there's a tendency just because something's on a spectrum doesn't mean you can look at different areas of that spectrum and, and label those and, and come up with labels. 
you know, sometimes we just do, because what you're saying is sometimes we have to draw an arbitrary line and say, okay, there's going to sure. be A and B here. And that's true with a lot of things. Just because there's a spectrum doesn't mean that the extremes of that spectrum you can't identify as this or that. And I think I think they're I useful de designations. I think people don't necessarily identify themselves as bi, and that's okay too. When, so, when same and sex, and I don't think you have to I, you have to accept your argument that everyone is bi in order to remove prejudice. I think we can move, remove prejudice, but it's not a bad it's way to look at it. Not but a bad way to look to at reframe it. the argument that it's a spectrum, sure, that we all have that potential. Oh, in we're us. talking about framing now. When same-sex marriage is accepted, it's very third when it becomes accepted, socially accepted, what's the mass exodus of males going to same-sex? Well, that's because what, once the, Christian, that's what the, the Christian right says is going to happen. Oh, well, because... The, the, Everyone's going to stop reproducing because all men are going to go to men and women are going to go to women. That's, that's the Christian right Yeah, but isn't argument, that what every... That the okay. human race will no, no longer repopulate because... I thought that was their argument against no decriminalizing sex. drugs, but... Well, well they, 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 won't, that, they won't have to have sex because we, the sex will disappear. Genders are disappearing right now. Male sperm is, is weakened it's around the world. It's, it's just, gender is disappearing even as we talk. Well, gender is a social construct, whereas sex is a physical construct. Yeah. That's why men and Still women. a very big difference between men and women. Well. But it's disappearing. Well, I hope not. not. the physical differences. No. We're all going, we're all going to be brown and genderless. Gender is a social right. construct. Gender what is right. feminine gender. is not necessarily female. Yeah, exactly. But physically, here. <laughs> we're not merging penises and vaginas. They're not merging. They will we become as they will come. Well, actually, hey, hey, hey. Um, I'm kind okay. of. <laughs> are you saying, wait, are you saying no, that in the future mind. we'll have a vaginus? No, it'll, be, it'll become like the appendix. It will no longer have a function. It, it, uh, we, will, uh, we will be genderless and we'll be, all, we'll be brown. I don't okay. like that. I don't like that version of the future. don't like it. I don't like it. Well, just because you don't like it, though. David, you won't be here. Kiss me, David. Kiss me now. It's happening already. Yeah. That David. I like boobs. But you guys but you guys can't admit it. But see, the thing is, you guys can't admit it. See, that's the problem. You can't admit it. You can, you're saying well, I just I mean, can't admit I'm attracted to guys? Right. That's your argument? Well, it's part of it. That's part of it. You could be. You could. But you, you have inhibitions. Well, in the right you have, circumstances. You have inhibitions <laughs> against it. Because Given, you're, you're saying that it's all cultural. Sexual attraction is cultural. It's not ingrained. Women are not I'm, I'm, attracted to men on a physical, physical basis. It's just cultural. For women, it's uh, it's the uh, it's the desire to uh, have babies. And uh, the, no, the, I have to, I disagree. For them to the eat their I, the biggest dictate I absolutely women, disagree with you. Women I think sexual attraction to the opposite sex is ingrained in, in humans well, okay. and all animals. Hold on. David, no. There is no gender in the Keep animal the world. The argument is, is that women, sorry, that women or females of a species, whether it is macaques, whether it is apes, whether it is lemurs, whether it is mice, whether it okay, is... Okay, okay, mammals, animals. Mammals. Animals. Even insects, though, it's Thanks. been shown that they are attracted to an for an economic purpose. Yeah. That their attraction is economically based. Whoever can provide the most, give them the most, that's who they're going to be attracted to. Hence the reason why John F. Kennedy, not the greatest looking guy, 
still really hot considered around the world. Okay, let's put that out. And that men are attracted to women who have certain physical characteristics that will allow them to pro- to put their DNA out continually into the system via children. And whether the the, the maternal instinct is the greatest despot in the world. The homosexual that the attraction is that that's just sex and that's just getting your rocks off. About 10% of the animal, you know. It's the same with chimpanzees. Chimpanzees solve issues of sexuality. They solve sexual issues with power. Bonobos solve power issues with sex. But there's also some. Bonobo will screw anything. There's also some social cohesion that comes through homosexual behavior of grooming and, and, and enjoying each other's company that. You know, brings a group together, whether you're male or female, 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 male, male, that has been seen in primate things. Hmm. Well, once once the stigma is removed, it'll be a lot easier. It'll be a lot easier once the stigma. We all agree, stigma bad. <laughs> yeah, but heterosexuals are not going to become homosexuals when the stigma is removed. In stigma, there is no such thing as heterosexual. I disagree with you. There is no such thing as uh, homosexual. I disagree with you. We are all bisexuals. And sometimes maybe we could do a program of your secret fantasies with, you know, <laughs> that you dare not you dare not speak of. Well, I, I, I would say unerrable Here's the other argument: what? Republicans are bisexuals because they keep buying sex. Oh, keep buying sex. Applause, applause. Okay. Well, thank you, David, for joining us for the Q&A. Does anybody else have something they'd like to chat with us about? Questions, Bring- comments, war stories. My comment. Oh, it was quick. It was no. I don't think she's a fan I'm, anymore. I'm in the chair now. No, my comment Wait, is, let me get the electric. Get the comfy chair. <laughs> is that this has been fun, enlightening, I know this was the first live podcast. I hope you guys continue doing it from time to time. I've really enjoyed it. Well, thank, thank you, you very much. We did have a good time. Yay! Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, we wanted to get you praising us on tape. Yeah. That yeah, was very yeah, important to us. SB, how many episodes have you? How many? How many episodes have you listened to? Two. Three. Three. This one episode has cured my foot fungus. I recommend all of you start with episode one, listen to them all. There's now well, maybe one. not episode one. We kind of <laughs> seventeen's pretty good. We were, you know, <laughs> we're kind of working out the kinks three, along the three way. Three is really good. Seven is really yeah. good. Eight is really good. Yeah, yeah basically all the prime numbers. Go for the prime yeah, numbers. The prime yeah. Numbers. yeah. Um, and well, <laughs> oh, by the way. We're 21. We can drink today. The our podcast can, can now drink. drink. Today. <laughs> Yay! Number 21. Our, our podcast has come of age. Today we are a man slash woman. <laughs> Three quarters man, one quarter woman. A bisexual kind of thing. <laughs> we are a bisexual podcast. We have both sexes. We have ones and zeros. So thank you. Thank you, everyone, for coming out and listening. Thank you, audience at home. And uh, we're signing off. Good night. We love you.
The Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the PodPosted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. Maybe you heard a couple shows ago, since you listened to this show, we talked about Akis, I'm sorry, Akis, oh man, Akisilium, Akis, Akis, what do you say? Akakazinum. Akakazinum. Okay. You know, I have remember a joke about a penis and you'll get through it. Exactly. It says break right there. Yay. Oh, okay. A slight break. A slight break. A commercial now brought to you by Allison's Cupcakes. Allison's Cupcakes. Allison's Cupcakes. Who's heard of Kangen Water? You don't want to start so soon now, do you, huh? So I've my got, lightning I've round got all topic. Of this I've got to do in 90 seconds. <laughs> Two hours of research in 90 seconds. Actually, probably more than that. Over it.